get teary again. I'm pregnant, so I'm allowed to. Yeah. <laughs> um, I wouldn't actually change any of the hard times in my life because this is so deep. <laughs> yeah. But um, I think they actually just make you who you are so much more than the highlights are amazing and so worth it in the end. But they're not as sweet yeah. without those hard times. Yeah. Welcome to Overdrinks, your new favourite podcast with the sisters you didn't know you needed. Okay, hey guys, welcome back for another episode of Overdreams. Hello everyone. We've got a very special guest here today. Very special. One of our best friends, Ellie, is sitting across the table from us today. Oh. Welcome, Ellie. Thank you. I'm excited How are to be we? here. Yeah, good. Yeah, good. We're so excited to have you. And I think as soon as we started talking about doing our podcast and what are the type of things that we could talk about and episodes that we wanted to do, I know that we spoke about how great it would be to have you on. Mm, that was one of the first things story. we said. Yeah. I, I guess we're going to get into it later, but it is something that a lot of people don't really talk about as openly as they should. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, it would be nice to do that. But before we get into the serious stuff, yes. it wouldn't be over drinks if it wasn't over drinks. Uh, it wasn't yes. over drinks. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and we actually have a little mocktail today Yay. because, as you guys will soon find out, our bestie is pregnant. So we wanted <laughs> to get on theme with that and we're having mocktails instead of cocktails. We actually slipped some vodka into hers. But <laughs> <laughs> no, Just to really get her excited for these next few yeah, steps. They're delicious. Yeah, it's like a little watermelon mocktail with mint and dragon fruit. Mm, Love it. Cheers, Cheers. girls. Cheers. <laughs> so to start off, we want to ask all of our guests this question. We haven't had one since Faithy. Mm. <laughs> if you were a cocktail, what cocktail would you be? Well, I'm glad you gave uh, this question to me earlier because I need a lot of time. This is the hardest question <laughs> and I take it too seriously. I think it's like my teaching background. I know like, exactly I really, what you mean. Though. I feel like I do the same thing with that. <laughs> really think about symbolism and yeah. <laughs> so I take it way too seriously. Oh, so God. I ended up saying the apple crumble martini, but specifically oh. from in situ. Oh, my God. <laughs> I can totally so see funny. that. Because that's Ryan's favourite cocktail and it was oh. his birthday of the weekend. And so I tried to like recreate the exact one. Yeah, she yeah. made them for him. I'll have to make it for you one time. Yeah, you actually delicious. suit that so yeah. well. Yeah, well, you totally suit of, that. Well, it's because it's, it's also one of my favorites. Mm. Yeah. Like, oh, am I just going to the one that I like to drink? But then I sort of, my symbolism was that um, I love this it symbolism. tastes exactly like apple crumble. Yeah. Mm. And I feel like that that's like honesty. Oh and my then, God, Ellie, I fucking love you. This is amazing. I'm Continue. Like, I'm like, yeah, just yeah. say how it is. You definitely uh, do. And um, the crumbles, like the crazy part of me, <laughs> like the crazy fun side. Oh, yes, like, cause I, I can be really serious and yeah. deep or whatever, but then I also have that like. Hilarious side. side. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. You've really set the bar high <laughs> for our next guest. Yeah, that is so well, good. I didn't agree with your one from the, all those yes. weeks ago. I was like, you're a porn star, Martini. It was like, because <laughs> ah, she's a porn star. It's like <laughs> our very first episode or something like that. I think yeah. so, yeah. And, and 
or maybe it was an ask us anything. Anyway, one of the questions was if we were cocktails, what would we be? And mm. you guys described what I would be and I described you guys and stuff. And Ellie messaged me later and she's like, I just have to say, you're not, <laughs> like what really was it? Like a mojito? Like, yeah, they said that yeah, I was something mojito. like, you're not a mojito. You're no, definitely it was a daiquiri, one of the, wasn't it? The, yeah, maybe it was I think a you said about six different yeah, drinks. Yeah, which is probably accurate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's so true. <laughs> but yeah, she's like, you're one of those vanilla passion fruit martinis, the porn star martini that we used to have at Cargo Bar. <laughs> oh, you are. They do a really good one at Sunset Sabi. Yeah. yeah, I do love a porn star martini. Mm. I feel like I guess that's on, on brand. <laughs> Pretty and fabulous. <laughs> oh, I love it. Love it. But yeah, apple crumble martini. I yeah. love that. I definitely think you're something sweet in a martini glass. So that's mm. totally like, Yay. that's right there. Perfect. Yeah. I love cool. that. <laughs> okay, so before we get into any more about Ellie... We have to talk about something that just went absolutely crazy today. <laughs> yeah. So we're recording on Monday night and the Oscars were today. And so I'm sure everyone knows exactly what we're going to I thought it was fake. I seriously thought it was like a funny yeah, stunt. Did you but then see I watched... the full video when you thought it was fake? No, no. So I watched the full video and I was watching it like a video live. Mm-hmm. And then as I was watching it, I was like, oh, this is obviously fake. This is obviously fake. But then when he sits down and he's like, keep you my can, yeah. worst name out your mouth. And then seeing Chris Rock's reaction, you can tell that it's yeah, not fake. It's yeah. on stage. So if anyone like is living under a rock out there and doesn't know what we're talking about, Chris Rock was um, presenting one of the awards at the Oscars and made a few jokes, as all comedians do when they're hosting at an award show. And he made a joke about Jada Pinkett Smith's hair and said something we didn't know at the time, but turns out she actually suffers from alopecia. Mm-hmm. And so she's lost her hair because of that. But she's like rocking the bald look mm. like at the Oscars. I think she only has alopecia in a few spots, but instead of trying to like maintain all the time, she just yeah. shaved her full head. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so anyway, he made a comment about her and he can't wait for the next G.I. Jane movie. And so making a um, comment about her hair. I actually thought that she must have been in the original G.I. Jane movie mm-hmm. and he was kind of taking the piss out of her with like her non-serious movies when they're at the Oscars yeah. at first. Mm. And then I was like, oh, it's about the hair. And then I realized she had alopecia. But then Will Smith gets up on stage, storms <laughs> up to him and like slap punches him, like completely yeah. smacks him in the mouth and then <laughs> Completely unhinged. Off. Just completely <laughs> unhinged. <laughs> I'm a huge Will Smith fan as I well was. and that has just completely changed my I opinion of him. I will totally I'm agree all for that. standing up for your partner. Yeah. But that was just, you're at the Oscars. Yeah. Like, that is such a prestigious it's event. It's like that meme And then he goes on to win the like, best doctor. this is a classy party. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> I instantly changed my opinion of Me him. Me too. I'm and very disappointed. So disappointed. And like everyone was saying, oh yeah, she'd be so so embarrassed. The poor thing, he was sticking up for her. I would be way more embarrassed if my husband reacted like that to a situation yeah, than the than comment the joke itself. itself. Yeah, it was but just I so crazy. But I also wonder how you guys were saying that you didn't know she had alopecia. I wonder if Chris Rock didn't know himself. Yeah, either. yeah, I'm sure. I think that's a, there's a really high chance that Chris didn't know she had alopecia. I don't think it's well known. Like I'd never heard it. We'll talk. We'll talk. She did come out You're across wild. all the celebs. Yeah, no, I like. So, I'm really into celebrity news, and I had no idea. No one in our girl group had because yeah. our group chat was like posting all this stuff about it. Mm. No one knew that. So she did come out 
publicly and say it though. It's not like she just she it was has, something yeah. that yeah, yeah well for sure. Discussing. He he very well may have known, mm. um, but I think there is a chance that he didn't know. So I I understand that it's like. But even if he did know, you don't go up on stage and slap. Yeah, him. You're it's a grown not man. good. The, the the joke definitely crossed a line and was not in good taste at all. But I do think that was just a completely yeah. ridiculous reaction, and I instantly yeah and my I opinion think, instantly like, changed. You know, comedians have a job to make yeah. jokes, and they have to sort of cross lines exactly. because otherwise their jokes won't be funny. Yeah. yeah. And it's happened so many years in a row, like with Ricky Gervais. Yeah, yeah. and I feel like Ricky Gervais has said way worse stuff. <laughs> 100%. So much worse. But I, I think that there is this sort of, I didn't realise she had alopecia at mm. first and thought, oh, it's just so annoying that people will take something personally when it's about them, but are yeah. happy to laugh at other jokes. Yeah, yeah 100%. And I think that, like, you know, Dave Chappelle, I just love Chris Rock and Ricky Gervais and Dave Chappelle because they are a bit edgy yeah. and say things that you wouldn't normally say, but that's part of the entertainment. Yeah. And it's and, all gotten a bit politically Yeah, direct. and I think yeah. she could have handled it, you know, differently and, you know, maybe took it in her stride and everything and laughed it off or whatever. But, you know, it is hard. It's always mm. easy to say in hindsight. And mm. it was probably just a heated Yeah, moment. and yeah. he just she like made a snap decision. upset, whereas he, he, he laughed. was laughing. He laughed at And then so he think, obviously must have seen her Maybe reaction. she even said yeah. something to him being like, that's not funny. I don't know. I think he was just trying to be like, maybe it is because they've had relationship issues in the past or something and he's trying to like prove that he's got her back you know mm. overcompensate when maybe before he wouldn't have done that or maybe he's like a super violent guy and we've just never seen it before Who <laughs> yeah, knows? yeah but i do think like yeah the joke was in bad taste yeah but that reaction was yeah. not called for mm. yeah definitely. and now everyone's going to be talking about his reaction instead of the bad joke and and if he had instead come out publicly, of him winning the oscar yeah, yes. yeah exactly and then his speech as well is so instead of it being about like the movie and his performance mm. and everyone in his life and stuff it's basically about an apology he has to fight for his family yeah he d- he's a defender of his family he's gonna try and blah 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 yeah. i'm just like the only just... thing that still makes me think that it might be staged as well is that he i haven't seen his full acceptance speech but i saw that he drew similarities between his um role in king richard yeah. and how he was seen as the crazy dad but he was just being like protective of his family and now he's being seen as the crazy yeah. dad. But I just... also wanted to bring up how before he slapped him, it must have been before the Oscars, he posted a video of him and um, Jada all dressed up and the caption is me and uh, Jada Pickett-Smith got all dressed up to choose chaos. Yeah. And then after he slapped him, he posted a comment on it himself saying, oh, did he delete, he delete it? it? He's deleted it now. It said something like, what do they expect when they're inviting people from Philly and blah, 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 oh. basically being like, yeah, oh. they're, they're tough or something. Yeah. Have you seen the video? Yeah. Yeah. I watched it. Yeah. So crazy. Okay. So now that we've spoken about that, let's let everyone get to know the amazing Ellie. So our next question for you is, what is your most embarrassing moment? <laughs> I have so many. We just wanted to start the mood a bit light to start off with and then we'll get into the real hectic stuff later. Um, So I have so many, but I just thought I'd go with a wholesome one. Yeah. When I was in primary school and I tell my students this because I'm often teaching year five and year six when they're going for leadership. Yeah. But now that I am a teacher, I'm like, I cannot believe I did that. Oh, my God. I'm so excited. (laughs) So... Um, you know how at the end of year five they have the elections for, you know, school captain and yeah, prefects yeah, yeah. and things. So, yeah. um, you know, you kind of nominate yourself and mm. then 
um, you have to write a speech and get up and present it yeah. in front of the entire school. Yeah. And um, so I was really keen to do that. And um, were you going for school captain or? Oh well, you'd go Just for whatever. Yeah, so yeah. yeah, did you? I would have been. Yeah, actually, I surprisingly, did, well. did. I think yeah, I don't think it was an option. Yeah. Anyway, continue. Yeah. So um, anyway, I wanted to start with a joke. Knowing me. <laughs> and this was what I started with. <laughs> you like really big. <laughs> it's, it's just so embarrassing. Um, I got up and said, Guess who's smelly? It's Ellie. And literally, no one laughed. Guess who's smelly? It's not even a joke. Like you five, Ellie. Just like thinking I'm like, that is gonna so get some Crickets. And Especially in primary school, though, you'd think that someone would laugh <laughs> Find at that. that funny, yeah, because it's a bit yeah. lame and everything. <laughs> anyway, but the, my beautiful year one teacher, Mr. Cross, who was like, he had the best sense of humor, yeah. he just cracked up. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just like, okay. And like, I didn't, oh my God. <laughs> now you'd be like, oh, tough crowd or something. Yeah. You know, yeah. Come from. And I just <laughs> continued on with my speech. What a, and what I didn't a get captain. <laughs> 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 Now being a teacher, I'm like, that is so embarrassing. <laughs> oh but my God, I'm so it's Ellie. You can't do worse than me, guys. <laughs> yeah. so. Do you tell them that you said, guess who's smelly? It's yeah, Ellie. yeah. <laughs> and then I have to say, no, you can't like keep like talking about that later yeah. on. You can't. <laughs> Don't steal my joke, guys, yeah. in your speech. Yeah. <laughs> Don't reuse it. It was really good. <laughs> so, yeah, that's my wholesome, embarrassing moment. Oh like, God, other embarrassing that is moments, so cute. But, yeah. I'm just picturing you at that age as well. For some reason, I'm picturing you like doing like a little gymnastics routine. Guess who's smelly? It's Ellie. <laughs> With like those, um, Probably. That's so funny. When we first became friends, I remember how we met. We were down at the basketball stadium yes. and me and my friends were playing like three on three or something. And you were like just standing by the side of the court looking at us like so cute, like kind of like, oh, like you wanted to join, but like you didn't know us yet. <laughs> and then I went over it to you and I was like, hi, what's your name? And you're like, Eloise. <laughs> that was the first and only time yeah. that you'd ever gone, gone by Eloise yeah. to me. And then I was like, do you want to play with us? And you're like, yeah, sure. And we started playing like, you started playing three on three with us or whatever. And we've just been like besties ever since. Yeah. Do you remember the first time that you met Ellie? Like all the tours that we used to go on the mm, basketball tours yeah, and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Ellie Those. was always in fine form. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I know what you're going to bring up. Okay. So, oh my God. Speaking <laughs> of the tours. We used to play in the same basketball team. We went to the same high school and me and Ellie were in the same basketball team. We played rep basketball together as well, but we played for school basketball and our school team was pretty good and we'd always go away for like nationals and stuff like that. <laughs> and we, dad was our coach. We were away for this national tournament and of course Jade and Chloe used to come as well. Jade I think was in the team, but Chloe Jade was like a little been. sister. No, yeah. I was still in primary school and I'd go to them. Yeah, and she'd always come along. Anyway, so we're all away. Like so many things happened on these tours, these funny things. Oh, my God, I just remembered another one that you were there for. But the one that I was going to say, oh, my God, Ellie, you've just provided the content. <laughs> so we're away. We're about to play a game. We had, like, a whole bunch of games. And Dad used to have – he's, like, really into – I think we've alluded to the fact in a few other episodes, but he's really into, like – Holistic health. Yeah, yeah, holistic health herbs mm. and, like, herbal medicines and stuff like that. And he has these, like, um, natural sports energy tablets, and he used to, like, give them to us before the game. You probably wouldn't be allowed to do that yeah, now. It super slow. Like, yeah, 10 years ago. Anyway, and so he had these ones. <laughs> oh, do you remember? <laughs> so basically, he gives us these, like, capsules, and we each ha- we're each having a capsule. This In my so defense, sad. they were huge. Yeah, yeah, they, they were regular capsule size. They were not. <laughs> they were. 
Anyway, so we're all um, we're all taking these capsules, and all of a sudden, Ellie's like kind of coughing over on the side. She's like, "Oh, it tastes, it tastes like, like fireworks." <laughs> and I looked at her, and she had broken open the capsule and tried to tip the contents into her mouth and eat it that way. And the rest of the team had just like taken it normally, and we lost our mind. It was the funniest also, thing ever. Also, love that everyone just trusted Dad enough that he's handing out like capsules I to know. our team. Some weird like brownie gray capsules. <laughs> no, the other one I was going to say is when the Melbourne boys came into one of our hotel rooms. Yes, and, and Ellie was just in fine form. Oh God, like, that was flooding. Flooding. Yeah, thanks to memories. I remember, oh though, because I was in, like, year six or even year five. No, I think I was in year six. Yeah. And you told them all that I was in year nine. So then one of their brothers added me on Facebook then and then years later he, like, messaged me and I should have been his age because he was in year nine at the time, but I was in year six. Oh, uh, yeah. He's like, hey, he just graduated high school. He's like, hey, I'm coming down to Sydney. Where are some good bars to go out? We should go out together. Oh, my God, and I, I remember like, oh my this. God, yeah. And I was 15 at the time. I was like, um, the oh Ivy? <laughs> the Ivy? Oh, my God. You probably Googled, like, good <laughs> bars and <laughs> that's so funny no oh, but so fun. we all went back to this i got these boys hotel room it was so innocent we were in high school but like we weren't like euphoria high school we were like boy crazy yeah, yeah. <laughs> we loved boys but we were just like nothing even happened hanging out in the room they weren't yeah. drinking or yeah anything. we weren't drinking or anything but we went it was like so exciting though i remember mum caught us on the way out and then she was like <laughs> okay be back by 11 or something yeah. like that i was like Legend. so cool Anyway, so we're like in their room and we were all kind of like nervous and stuff, but we were trying to be cool. And Ellie's like just cracking jokes. Like she's like, <laughs> she's like, um, <laughs> you go. We, they asked us our names. We told them all our names. And Ellie's like, my name's Ellie, but you can call me Dragon. <laughs> From Step Brothers or something? From Step Brothers. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> and but no one obviously had seen mentioned. it yet. And we were like, we're like, Ellie, play it cool. <laughs> and then this guy has like, um, crazy crazy it was like it was like at the time that was kind of like kind of cool it was a bit like punky spiky crazy frizzy and ellie's like "Mm, you look like you've been electrocuted (laughs) (laughs) so so much (laughs) it was so funny you just did not that's why it's so good that you chose a cocktail with the symbolism (laughs) of honesty because you've just always especially when we're younger as well you've just always been like brutally honest but not in like a rude way just in like a you just don't give a fuck yeah Yeah. so funny and like now looking back that's just like the funniest thing ever but at the time we were like Ellie, come on. Yeah. <laughs> and I probably thought I was like so doing really good. well. Yeah, it probably <laughs> were because you're actually like making jokes and everything and we're just like sitting there like watching. <laughs> on the other side of the room, it was like one of those classic situations where all the boys are sitting on one side of the room and then all of us girls are sitting on the <laughs> yeah. other side of the room. Like, so funny. So and there's cute. Ellie in the middle like doing her stand-up. <laughs> What's smelly? It's, it's Ellie. Ellie. <laughs> All I remember from that night is someone drank a cruiser out of the bar fridge and then they oh, filled we it up were with drinking. That's right. There was Should a minibar. Yeah. I think but I, I think it was that. one of the boys. It, was, it, it wasn't one of us. Yeah. <laughs> we, we didn't underage drink. <laughs> we would ever. never do that. <laughs> no, but yeah, no, I do remember that now. That's so funny. Yeah. That was just iconic, those Melbourne boys. I don't even remember their names. Yeah. One was Sean. I was just supposed to say actually one was Sean. I remember <laughs> Sean, if you're listening. Sean, if you're listening, hit us up. <laughs> Sean from Melbourne. On here. Swipe right for Sean. Well, now that we're talking about all the memories, what's your favourite memory with us? Yeah. Individually oh. or together? So many. There's so many to choose from. Um, <laughs> so I did do it separately. Oh, um, that's cute. But I think as Chloe just cracks me up every time I think about it. 
excited. I'm so excited. This is when we were at Pree's at our friend's place. And the, oh, my God, I think I remember. You were just in fine form. I don't even know if you're really that drunk. But she would have been. <laughs> I oh, remember this. And um, the What's Discovery so Channel yeah, song. Oh, that's it. You literally, just, I, before TikTok as well, can yeah. I add. So there was like people weren't doing choreographed dance. Yeah. It's just like. This is just and, straight like, up there the There were bat. people that we'd never met before there. <laughs> Seriously, Chloe's body. I've never seen a body move. You were like Bend horizontal, <laughs> but standing up. I <laughs> perfect time to it, was, it was just incredible. Oh, my God. <laughs> yes, Chloe. <laughs> every so time funny. I think about it, I just crack up and I'm always like, we need to put that song on my request. <laughs> Can the we club? find that video and post it on our Instagram? <laughs> I think yes. you have it. I, you I have surely have it somewhere. It. Yeah. Someone's got it. Oh, my God. That is so <laughs> funny. Oh, that, that was funny. my – I don't think I was that drunk by that time. I think I was on my way. Grooving to the music. (laughs) It was sweat. Big sweat. Yeah, that has to be yeah, my funniest memory of you. But then (laughs) other than that being the the fact that you're both at my hen's and wedding. Yeah. And being such a big part of those important days. Yeah. Um, Yeah, it was we've been great. friends with you so like obviously talking about like stuff in high school we've been friends with you for so Crazy. long so yeah long. like since you and i were like 10 i know mm. um and then my favorite memory with you Loz, will sort of reveal my identity <laughs> from if you've been listening to this podcast the religiously <laughs> um would be when we oh, ran into Leo, Leo. Met yeah. DiCaprio. Oh. we met we went on a boat with him. No. This is this is my Leo DiCaprio I'm, friend. I'm the crazy one who yeah, stroked his arm. Out of the I was like, I sound unhinged, <laughs> but that's okay. Oh I was the God. reason we saw you, him. So. You were <laughs> actually that's so true. If it wasn't for Ellie, we would never have met him because we got kicked out of the bar because you stepped on a bouncer's foot. Yeah. And then we, Perfect. and then you were the one that suggested we meet up with um, our friend. I remember being so devastated because we were having so much yeah, fun, and there were nurse. lots of like you know cute guys, yeah. from the water polo team. But then we met the <laughs> ultimate cute guy the and ultimate. touched him, and then yeah, that touched was so funny. It all happened. Oh my <laughs> but god! But I feel like my memory and like recollection of it is like. I was really close to getting yeah. to talk to him. Like, yeah. <laughs> I you don't like, think it was that She way. had fully, like, like, manoeuvred her way through, like, the velvet roped-off area, like, the VIP section, yeah. and she was, like, in there, and she was, like, looking back at me, like, yeah. really giving the thumbs up. Yeah. <laughs> Literally doing, like, the Pink Panther kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, because in my head, this security guard that was undercover, and I was like, you're a security guard. And um, he grabbed me on the hand and goes, no, you'll have to go. If you had played it cool. This is in my head. I don't think he said this now. I'm like, I definitely made this up. But I think he said, I'm pretty sure he said, if you played it cool, I would have let you talk to him. So I was like, see, I just always ruin it for myself. (laughs) That's not your style, play it cool. You just go hard and go I think he just said, you're too drunk, go. (laughs) In my head. Well, at least you weren't like me thinking, oh, I kind of look like Blake Lively. He's probably going to come and talk to me. He'll I'll pick just me wait. out of the yeah. crowd. I was like, you were actually like um, actively trying to go and talk to him. Yeah. I was just waiting for him to approach me <laughs> like a complete conceited freak. It's because all the movies you see, you're like, oh, yes. they'll spot me out of the bar. I'm yeah. like, oh, my God, that's going to happen like Our that. eyes yeah. will meet across the room. Yeah. 
Oh my god, that's so funny. What a good walk down memory lane. Yeah, yeah there's a few walks down memory lane. Yeah, but there's too many to count. Oh gosh. Yeah. I know, literally. <laughs> but now let's do what we're here to do and talk about. So you'll be able to tell from the episode title, but Ellie has actually, she's pregnant. She is, when are you due again? Uh, 3rd of May, so I've got oh five god. weeks to go. Oh. So exciting. So she's um, pregnant now with a little beautiful little bubba, but... <laughs> She has a very interesting journey in how she got there and we wanted to talk about it and we thought it'd make a really good episode and it's a topic that, like we mentioned before, it isn't spoken about that openly. It's very common as well, but not so many people common. talk about it and a lot of people would be going through it and want to hear other people's journeys. So exactly. we thought it's a very important conversation to have. Okay. So talk us through your journey, how it all yeah, started. Yeah, give us a little timeline. Yeah, well, I guess um, it is a bit of a mood change and I <laughs> I have thought about this for a while because your podcast is so much fun and lighthearted and I always think, okay, so you called over drinks and there's always a point in the night after like, all the fun that there's someone who takes you for a deeper mm, meaningful. That's so you know, true. So this is the deeper meaningful <laughs> exactly. part of the night. Oh my god, I, I love that. So that is so true. So yeah, I, I don't. I'm hoping there are some bits that we can laugh through because yeah, there's obviously with any hardship, there's always going to be light. Yeah, in, mm. in those moments, and so, so it wasn't all doom and gloom. Mm. Um, but yeah, it is an emotional time, and I think. Yeah, definitely. As you said, everyone's journey is different. Mm. Um, so this is just my story and how I felt about the situation. Mm. I guess take from it, hopefully, like what you will. And it just gives you that sort of, you know, encouragement that people are always going through things. Mm. I think, yeah. So. Exactly. And like, because people don't talk about it, it is interesting for people to hear these and be like, oh, she went through something similar that I'm going through right now and mm. it worked out for her. She does, It's yeah. like the light at the end of the tunnel kind of, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And, and it makes it all worth it. And it's kind of come like full circle because – Something that really helped me was a podcast that I listened to, which I'll kind of mention later because it won't make sense right now. Mm. Um, But, yeah, that really um, helped me because I hadn't actually felt a certain way before and just hearing that someone else felt the same way and Mm. that no one else um, really had – I'd never heard of people talking about like that Mm. really just – made me go, oh my, oh, my God, there's other people out there that feel that way. Yeah, um, that would have been nice. Yeah. Well, oh, my so God. It's not nice, but like a nice spin. Reassuring, yeah. It was, yeah. It was yeah. really nice. So. Mm. And you've come full circle now. Now you're talking about know, it on the podcast. I know, I'm on the podcast. Yeah. Now you're going yeah. global. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so I guess um, I'll sort of talk a little bit about how we met and things like that because yeah. we kind of got a bit of background with yeah, him. Yeah, it's a beautiful love story. Yeah, so we've always been like friends. Well, he's actually eight years older than me, mm. so he was always like that older sort of just was sort of like this friendly guy that was at the stadium all the time when we were playing basketball. And um, He played too. A bit yeah, like yeah, yeah. He hung out with you a lot more, Loz, didn't he? Yeah, he was like the older brother figure that like had a license and stuff and would like drive us to and from the beach. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's been a like long time friend and anyway so it was a little bit um weird when we started to talk and flirt a little bit more Mm. in our conversations because before we started talking in that way it was he was in a seven-year relationship and all that sort of stuff so then he was single for about nearly a year and um yeah I just loved talking to him and everything and Mm. didn't really pick up that uh, towards the end I did but didn't really think that it was anything more than just like friends yeah Yeah. but I just really enjoyed talking to him and joking with him and everything so anyway when we started dating I was like we have to do this in secret 
Mm. Like we can't yeah. because everyone at the that stadium knows who we are. Yeah. yeah. And if it doesn't work out, oh, just like I couldn't have that. I was like, we yeah. have to just go. So, so our first like, date was like in secret, which yeah. is so funny to think. I love that though. Yeah, yeah it's so funny. Anyway, so Exciting. then, yeah. From there, we um, ended up going out and then um, moving in to get like, we did sort of everything quite quickly, I think, yeah. in hindsight. Mm-hmm. But because Rad's older, like eight years older, I think like he was always ready. Ready. And I was, I think f- girls are more mature as well. Mm-hmm. So I was quite ready as well in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you know, you know. Yeah. yeah. And probably because you guys, like, yeah, you had only been dating for a shorter time in that mm. way, but you had known each other for so long yeah. and been so close for so kind long. Kind of grown up yeah. together. Yeah. yeah. So I think, yeah, the important thing to take away from that is that our relationship was built on friendship first, yeah. which yeah. is really nice. And then, um, yeah, so we got married eventually after you know moving in together and buying the house and everything which is amazing um we got married in 2018 in the september um that was like one of the funnest days of my life that was like the best day of my life i had so so much fun yeah it was was literally just just like so good so full of love and pure joy and happiness like you know how people always say similar things about weddings but that was just like i can't even explain it and he cried so many times it was was beautiful it was just like he was just so and like him seeing you walk down the aisle i remember just like bawling my eyes out because he was crying over like how much he loved you it was just yeah it was was so obvious how perfect you guys were for each other and how much he loved you and absolutely adored you how much you loved him, how much you guys loved each other. But like as a friend, it's like exactly what you would want. Yeah. You know, you're like, oh, there wasn't like an ounce of like doubt where we're like, should she be doing this? (laughs) (laughs) Should we get the car ready? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So then um, I guess that, yeah, after 2018, so, beginning of 2019 Brad was kind of pretty keen to start having a family like straight away because Mm. being older a lot of his friends had already um had a baby by Mm. the time we had our wedding Mm. so he was like kind of keen to start straight away and I was like no I want to enjoy married life for Mm. longer and sort of pushed it out to about six months and I was like (laughs) okay we're ready um and that's when we started trying and I made the huge mistake of telling people that we were trying yeah. i don't know why i just got so excited and thought that yeah. it would happen straight away and yeah, that, that was just it appears to for so many other people yeah, it was mm. just such a rookie mistake did you have heaps of people asking you if you yeah. were trying that i feel like once you get married so many people are like oh someone's a baby coming yeah, yeah. yeah it's look- always about the next step Mm. Yeah, definitely. I think there's a lot of pressure and definitely there were a lot of questions. But I did probably come out with saying that first to a lot of people Mm. and probably then they think, oh, we should ask more and how it's going Mm, and things like that, which then became hard. But, yeah, I think people probably after a year, they're like, when are you having (laughs) – what's next? Um, It's just so no one's business. Yeah, I know. I even – but it's such a problem with, like, society because I even caught myself on the weekend. So I had run into a couple of guys that I used to catch the school bus with Mm. back in high school 
hadn't seen them since then. And I was talking to one of them and I ended up, he was saying about how he'd been with his partner for nine years and it just came out of my mouth. I was like, oh, so you're going to propose anytime soon? I don't care if this guy's proposing to his girlfriend. It's none of my business. It actually doesn't matter. Maybe that's, maybe marriage isn't for them. Maybe they're just so happy in their relationship at the moment. They don't want any changes. But for some reason, that was just what you say. And I even did it myself. And then I actually stopped it. And I was like, oh, I shouldn't have said that. I was like, I totally don't care about that. It's not my business, blah, blah. Because he said he gets asked it all the time. And that would be really hard. It's so hard. It's just so people that are asking you, they're just asking you because that's like a social norm. It's yeah. like that small talk thing that you Definitely talk about. Definitely like the weather. Yeah, but then it's putting so much pressure on you and upsetting you and they're yeah. not even realising. Yeah, Definitely. So after we started trying, it was probably about three months in and I was like, this hasn't happened like it's the first time I'm like it's definitely gonna like this month yeah for sure like I had no idea I was just so naive um which is nice to live in that world yeah exactly (laughs) (laughs) how did you start trying like if you just get that (laughs) (laughs) so like were you like tracking were your you period, tracking, like ovulating? Yeah, or, or were you just not so using at the protection beginning, anymore? Yeah, it was more just like um, not using protection. I was. How I had been off had the. You, oh, that's what I was going to ask. Yeah, yeah. Have, I had been off the pill for years, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was just we stopped using contraception, and um, mm. yeah, I just assumed that it would happen. So for those three months, I hadn't really tracked properly. People started to tell me about apps and things, so mm. I did start using that. Yeah, so um, we had been trying without contraception for about three months and I kept thinking you know oh it's going to happen and it didn't and then one of our friends said oh why don't you try an acupuncturist um because I was kind of getting a bit upset even after three mm. months and now looking back on my three months I was <laughs> yeah I even remember that at the time being like oh you've only been trying for three months though like don't worry about it like yeah. isn't that like quite soon like but when yeah. you're in it you think it's so long and yeah. everything and you straight away think like oh, what's wrong? Like, yeah. why isn't this working? Yeah. So I went to this acupuncturist who was great um, and really lovely and she got me to track my cycle, like do temperature testing, which I actually hated. How did you do that? <laughs> so every morning, the reason I hated it was because it put my mind, my focus was so mm, your like, whole life on was it the whole time it, yeah. and you're getting like different things like, oh, just relax and it'll happen. Mm-hmm. And all this sort of stuff and then it's like oh but you've got to track your cycle you've got to do this so take your temperature um, every morning so every morning I'd have to literally I couldn't move and put a thermometer into my mouth at the same time every morning and because yeah. like you know you get up for work like 6 a.m in during the week but then I would have to do that on like a Saturday or Sunday oh my God, yeah. you know so stuff like that I found really hard that is so full on doing it the first thing when you wake up in the morning yeah yeah you like couldn't move and because she said oh it will affect your temperature and everything and so I didn't really last very long doing that <laughs> to be honest I can um, imagine I feel like that would be so daunting as well it's like you're already kind of thinking like mm. oh and then you've got this strict schedule of yeah. taking a yeah. temperature every morning but for some people it really works and, mm. you know, everyone is different. So, yeah, I don't want to say anything that makes people, oh, well, that worked for me. Yeah, mm. I just found it didn't fit in for me at all mm. and made me stress more. Um, but basically what it does is based on your temperature, they can sort of see where you're ovulating. And so oh, that was okay. what was meant to, over time, over months, you could see, okay, it's around this time because mm. everyone ovulates at different times. Yeah, because I was going to say how accurate are th- those apps and stuff that you use. Yeah, yeah, well, they vary actually in fact having gone through 
IVF and IUI um, and having my ovulation actually tracked properly with ultrasound and blood test, it varies so much. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah. Like uh, every time it's different. Like it's not the same. But you know how everyone says, oh, day 14. Everyone is different. Yeah. Plus your body is different each time. Like each month, anything slight can change when it happens or it's just when it's ready. Mm. I don't know anything about any of this. So this is so interesting. I feel (laughs) like I'm learning so much. much, Which is incredible. You learn so much about the human body. How Um, amazing it is too. Yeah. And so then another thing that – that particular acupuncturist wanted was some blood work <laughs> to get some blood. Another <laughs> thing that particular acupuncturist wanted was uh, a vial of my blood. <laughs> yes, so she she Sorry. wanted me to go to a GP and ask for a blood test to find out my levels, particularly like my hormone levels and things like that. Mm. And if I had any deficiencies in like iron and things like mm. that, it could be affecting it. So she's coming from a really well-meaning place. So I book in with just the local GP. And at that appointment, I had just a doctor who really I didn't have a connection with at all. Mm. And I sort of told her my story and said, you know, we've been trying for a few months and, you know, we haven't had any luck and I'm hoping to get a blood test to kind of see. Or I sort of said I'm seeing an acupuncturist and she suggested getting a blood test to see if my levels are okay. And she laughed at me. Oh, (laughs) my God. (laughs) Just so, so condescending and said, um, I don't take orders from acupuncturists or anything, which was so awkward. Oh, my God. (laughs) She would have been one of those types that's like anything that's like not straight Western medicine that she has studied. It doesn't matter. That's so rude. And it's also she's not taking orders. You're asking her to do something. What a bad bedside manner. Yeah, it was a bad bedside manner. And (laughs) anyway. That makes me so angry. And then she said the worst thing ever, which was, you're young, you know, um, I want you to just relax, go and like try for a little bit longer. It takes usually, you know, a year to fall pregnant, like within a year. And she said, I'll see you back here at the end of the year and you'll be pregnant. And oh that was God. quite possibly the worst thing. She has no God. idea. Because, yeah, I just think that like having hindsight about what happened and it's actually interesting because my dad had a similar situation happen when he was sick. Um, he got told that there was no way that it would be cancer. Oh, my, my a doctor. doctor. That, that didn't know him very well. Like he usually had this usual doctor. And so it just gave him this false hope. hope. Yeah. And he said he had said. And you said, always trust a doctor as well. Yeah. Mm. And he'd said, like, I'm really worried because, like, my parents both died of cancer. Like, it could be. Yeah. And he was like, no, nope, if I can tell you one thing, mate, it definitely won't be cancer. Are you kidding and, me? And then literally, yeah, he went to a, because he thought he'd broken his ribs and everything. And he eventually, yeah found out he had a huge oh, lesion in his liver my God. and he was he did have cancer so, so what did the doctor do to be so sure that he didn't have it no nothing because he was, was young and chart. fit and oh my god yeah it was just, just he didn't so even do just, like tests yeah. and stuff yeah so then i think he went back to another doctor or something that dad. is hectic to tell someone that they don't have yeah. cancer after not even or testing maybe them. he did test them but nothing like, but he yeah. said oh i can bet enough. you that you won't have it 
So Changing just like the so worst thing to like yeah. tell people that you definitely won't, this won't happen to you. Yeah. Before when you're not the- certain and when you're a professional as well. So yeah. you're going to be like, oh, that's true. Okay. I'm yeah, fine. exactly. Yeah. So it's just weird it. that like something similar like that happened. Yeah. Definitely completely different. But um, yeah, that yeah, she was so, so condescending and I just, it was so awkward because then I went back to my acupuncturist and I was like, well, the doctor wouldn't let me get a blood test <laughs> She doesn't she said trust your job you. is fake. <laughs> this isn't a real Basically. profession. <laughs> so that was really awkward because then I was trying it and she was like, oh, we'll try a different doctor. And I'm like trying to get into a different doctor. And I just felt just do it yourself. really though. uncomfortable. I felt yeah. like there's like this. That makes so much sense, actually, because I remember a few times our group has brought up getting like our eggs checked or getting our levels checked to see how how many eggs we have left or our fertility or whatever. And you have always been so strongly saying, no, doctors won't do that for you. Like mm. you've been like, yeah, they won't just like give you those tests. You need like a reason to do it and stuff. Yeah. It's obviously because you had such a bad experience with yeah. it. So you're like, mm. well, if not, you've got yeah. a good connection with a doctor, they'll do probably anything <laughs> Whatever for you. you. But if you're just going to walk in and say things, yeah. sometimes they can be like, no, you need to try for longer. You need to do this. So, oh my God. Um, and it's so like, you don't want to go in there lying to your doctor as well being like, oh, been trying for five years but yeah you just like want to check something yeah out. that's what everyone said oh just lie and say you've been trying for a year and i was like i can't apple crumble martini i've been doing this for do you even know what cocktail i have oh my god they just didn't get it so so yeah anyway so that was just uncomfortable and I kind of just felt like wow wouldn't it be good if there was just more of a holistic approach to health yeah and you know there was an acupuncturist if they suggest that for fertility some GPs would be all for it yeah some aren't so Mm. it's just hard to find something that aligns and you're at that time you're looking for anything yeah um to kind of help you yeah um get on the right track and everything and you also want someone like a professional who's going to be supportive and understanding and yeah not being like silly young girl you've got no idea yeah. what you're talking yeah i'm a qualified professional yeah, yeah. oh yeah. my god so i haven't been back to that doctor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. you should go back and just slam. you should just link her this podcast and be like yeah. that's you by the way <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, so then I um, eventually went to a different doctor and got um, some blood tests, which then helped the acupuncturist sort of look at my levels. But I was doing that for quite a while and then nothing was happening. And yeah, so um, after that, I just continued, we continued to keep trying and um, I was seeing the acupuncturist. And then by the end of 2019, and then beginning of 2020 I sort of thought we need to do something and sort of get a bit more specific and even the acupuncturist was sort of saying you know if you go to a IVF doctor that they'll do more testing more Mm. detailed testing Mm. on things um so I went to a GP and got a referral to see an amazing um IVF doctor who's so straight down the line and exactly (laughs) what I needed yeah (laughs) um and we just had an initial consultation where she ended up doing our bloods and um both of yours rads included yeah yeah and possibly a sample from him so basically to find out um you know what our count was like my my Mm. ovaries his sperm count Mm. all that sort of stuff all those levels and basically everything came back normal Mm. so we had 
unexplained infertility, even after just a year of trying or just over a year of trying unsuccessful is counted as infertility. And then our reason was unexplained because I was ovulating. We're all in normal ranges for everything. Wow. Wow. Um, How did, did that make you feel better or like more hopeful or worse because it wasn't explained and you were like I don't know what yeah the I feel is. like it was a bit more frustrating because mm. then you know everyone's quick to say oh it's because you're stressed it's because you know this yeah the IVF doctor never says anything like that oh, um, they say you know this is really common and there's lots of different reasons why but we don't have you know, you're within normal range and everything. So she sort of said there's gave us our options and said, you know, one thing that we can do for you is to see if your fallopian tubes are clear um, oh, okay. because sometimes people have blockages there which can affect your fertility. So wow. based on the blood test, they can't tell that. Mm. You have to do a specific ultrasound. Um, so she said, she suggested that and she said, you know, and it's up to you if you guys are really needing to, you know, you want to start your family now and you want to, you've got 5% chance each month. Um, if you keep trying, if we do the next step after she said, you know, the high cozy can increase your chances a little bit by, um, clearing out some people find success a couple months after that. What's so a high your, cozy? Yeah. High cozy. Sorry. That's where they clear um, oh. your fallopian tubes. So I'll talk about that a bit more. Um, so basically we decided that, uh, and it was mainly because of me, I think if Rad, w- if it was Rad's choice, he would have been like, let's just start yeah. straight away. Mm-hmm. But I was kind of like, Oh, you know, like I'm still young, you know, I don't want to go into like, yeah, too much hectic procedures and stuff. And And I could imagine that would be quite invasive as well, like clearing your... Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, well, that's probably um, even less invasive than IVF. Um, Oh, really? So... Yeah, just more in terms of medication and things that you have to take. That's sort of like the first step. And so we decided to do that, but after a few months. um, So you kept trying for a few months and then you went back and did that. Yeah, Oh, because that's right, lockdown happened. So we sort of um, considered it and we're like, yeah, we'll do that. And then lockdown happened. Yeah, so because I went um, for our first consultation in February and then lockdown happened. So I was kind of like, oh, that's right. This isn't meant to happen. Mm. Like, you know, my angels are looking after me and um, uh, it's not the right timing, you know, all that sort of stuff. And I thought after the, you know, all this dies down, then that's when we're meant to have a baby, you know. All that sort of stuff that goes True, on. True, I guess it's like a pretty hectic time to bring a baby into the world. So that's like yeah. totally makes sense that you would have been <laughs> thinking that. Yeah. Yeah. So then um, during that lockdown, I then stopped going to the acupuncturist because I felt a bit funny about going to acupuncture because they started opening things up. You could go to mm. certain things. Mm. And um, so I decided, oh, I'm going to just stop. Gave me kind of an out because yeah. I was finding it a bit more stressful because I had to think about it. Yeah. It made me think about it and worry about it more, mm. even though acupuncture is so relaxing. Mm. And when I was there, it was fine, but it's more the lead up and yeah. having the appointment and everything. Yeah, the appointment in your calendar and stuff. Yeah. yeah. So um, anyway, I did feel relieved that I wasn't pregnant at that point and – all that sort of stuff. But then everything sort of turned back to normal a bit in Australia, in Sydney anyway, um, with the lockdown. So then I booked um, the High Cozy in in July of 2020. So basically what that is is an ultrasound that they do, but they use like a saline solution or something that um, goes through your fallopian tubes. Like flashes. Yeah, and it can see if there's a blockage based on that. Um, So it's actually kind of a 
semi like it's uncomfortable procedure because mm. you're awake the only thing you can take is like some um naprogesic or oh, panadol okay, or whatever yeah. oh would it feel quite similar to like period pain yeah like, yeah yeah yeah, wow. yeah cramping yeah yeah so um anyway that sort of was all fine and clear so and then I was kind of hopeful that oh, oh the next couple months like oh, yeah. it's, like got, got a good happen, chance yeah. and everything mm. And still nothing happened. Um, and so then it was starting to get really like it's over a year mm. and a half and mm. it's starting to really take its toll. Did it start to make, and I don't know if this is too, you might not want to answer this, but did it start to make you and when you would sleep together, did it start to make it a bit more like a chore? Oh, 100%. Yeah. yeah. 100%. And like doing it for that yeah. one reason and that reason only. And, so. and takes yeah. away like the joy and happiness and romance yeah, of it. For sure. And, and not all the time, but Most because time. you're – you're wanting that. You know what they're like. Yeah, yeah. They're at least a couple of times that you're doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Would be tainted with that sort of, oh, like, is this going to be it? Yeah. Whereas other times you're obviously enjoying yourself and things mm. like that. But um, yeah, it was, it made it really, you started to feel the pressure and starting to get more upset yeah. about mm. about it all and getting into that really, um, yeah, negative headspace. And then a lot of our friends started to have, or especially Rad's friends because they're older, were having their second child yeah. and sort of saying things like, oh, you'll fall pregnant around when I fall pregnant. Yeah, and making little comments they're all like, like that. well-meaning, beautiful people. Mm. Mm. But then when they fall pregnant and you're not pregnant and then – they have their baby yeah. and you're still not pregnant. Yeah. You're kind of like, it starts that you just really feel it and you're yeah. like, this is, and it feels so much longer than what it really yeah. is. Like now looking back, I'm like, that was nothing. Like, yeah. I can't even believe that was two and a half years. Like, yeah. But it feels so much longer in the time. Mm. So weird. I guess when it's like your kind of main focus as well, mm. it becomes like quite, I can imagine, all-consuming, you know. Yeah, exactly. And then having everyone, like you said, you had told everyone that you were trying. Mm. So then having everyone then being like, oh, well, she's told us she's trying. So it's open for conversation. Like we'll ask her about it and all yes, that stuff. Absolutely. Yeah, just all the things that people say, you know, oh, I, I got really drunk after like, sorry, did I just say I got really drunk? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I got pregnant one night after being really drunk and all this stuff, you know, don't worry about stopping drinking. And then other people saying, you know, maybe to cut back on your drinking and you get so much advice. And and, everyone's an expert. Yeah. Mm. And um, anyway, towards the end of August of 2020 was when we had an opportunity that just arose and it was just like perfect timing was um, we got to adopt our beautiful Dashing. Yeah. Oh, Oh, we love so, Bo. And Bo oh. is like Ellie in a dog I was dog just ball. about to say. <laughs> yeah. It's like the perfect like um, owner looks yeah. like a dog. So, not looks so like cute. it, just yeah. like the personality. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, you are a dog. <laughs> yeah. No, it's true. The though. dog acts like you. Yeah, yeah she's, she's so, so cute. Oh, she's so she cute. She came to so our party and was just like the best vibe. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I was the best. I dressed oh. up as Elle Woods yeah. and made her bruiser. She's so well behaved. She just chilled the whole time. <laughs> oh gosh she's so cheeky but um yeah so that was such a, a huge um joy to our life because you got to pull that love in yeah you. and but the the thing that people say oh you get the dog and then the baby will come uh, and you know like and i believed it yeah like you just take on everything and like you're like yes that will be 
me and it's not. Yeah. And so luckily we had her and she just brought so much joy and distraction mm. um, to all of that. Um, but she was full on. So <laughs> but, um, yeah, so then I started to get to a point where we were like, we want to, you know, start IVF or start the intervention medical Mm. intervention because it was getting to a point where we're like this is just still not happening for us um and my mum sort of in her like very caring way was like oh no I think you know you're a bit young like let's just I've got this great suggestion this Chinese herbalist and acupuncturist who was in Surrey Hills and so this is sort of towards the end of 2020 and I started going and seeing this Chinese uh, herbalist and she was full authentic like you know um, and I had all this confidence that she would also Mm. um, help and yeah. and yeah. she this is really magical be, this is gonna you be know, it. And yeah. they, they so believe that their craft works and it does for so many people yeah um it what was what type of stuff were you doing what type of stuff was she um so her? you had to like do the, these um teas i was gonna like, say was like i was featuring a teapot when you were saying yeah <laughs> so you had to do all these different teas and it was different variations for different times of the day and it was like three or four times a day and they taste disgusting (laughs) (laughs) so gross um but I did that yeah for a while and um I guess at the point where I was kind of like oh this is a bit weird my mum would drive me in every time and that was a really beautiful bonding time like Mm. she and she paid for a lot of it too yeah. which is like Less. so beautiful like she really just wanted the best and mm. didn't you know as a mum I'm sure you don't want your child to have to go through something that's so full-on like yeah. IVF mm. so she's trying to do anything she could to help um but it was quite you know I was kind of thinking I don't think this person actually even knows who I am because yeah. then like you're in it that she's in and out of all the rooms because there's like four or five in a row and these women getting acupuncture for you know fertility and all this stuff and every time she was even more like just believed that her craft would work Mm. she would come in and yep oh very good like yeah this will be it sort of thing every time and then one time she like she was kind of like saying you know oh yeah this is very good like Mm. and um this one time she gave me so sometimes she'd be like oh you've got to do this new herb mix it in and this one time she gave me a herb but it wasn't on my chart so you got a chart that said when which ones you take Mm. and it wasn't on my chart and then I was like that's weird when am I meant to I got home and I was like that's weird when am I meant to take this and so I sort of just made it up and put it in when I yeah. thought I should. Mm. And then the following week that I went or two weeks that I went, I saw that she'd actually given me something that was for if I was doing IVF. And uh. so I, it just made me go, this person has no idea who so I am. So it wasn't really like a personal experience at all. No, it was like tailored yeah. for you. She was like mass yeah. treating and like sure, sure, obviously just made a mistake. Yeah. But I was kind of like, I just feel like I'm part of – you know, yeah. for her to say, oh, yeah, this is definitely going to happen and then she's given me something that yeah. wasn't for me. You know yeah. what you're doing. Um, yeah. and, and it costs a lot of money. Like, yeah. It wasn't cheap. Um, so then, you know, I sort of said to mum after a few months, I was like, this isn't, you know, I think I should stop. It's a lot for you to drive me out because it was in mm. Surrey Hills, mm. like an hour away, away after school and everything. And she agreed. She was like, yeah, no, fair enough. Um, and at that time I started to, like, get really down and, um, there was one night that I obviously took something out at Rad and sort of like was upset mm. and he sort of said like, you're just so unhappy. Mm. Oh, oh. 
And um, I think that that was like made me like go, well, I am just like taking it out on him. Yeah. And mm. I, I think that a lot of men in particular internalize things and don't show you that they're upset. I was yeah. crying all the time mm. and, you know, being allowed to release that and he can't. Yeah. He's trying to be supportive for me because yeah, he knows it's harder for me yeah. because I'm doing all this stuff. I'm going out to Surrey Hills. I'm, you know, taking all these herbs. I'm, you know, getting my period every month and it's mm. so much more attached mm. to me but he's just as much a part of it and mm. so desperately wanting a child. Mm. And he sort of said like some really good points that were just like, you know, it sucks for me too and, you know, there's so many other things that are good that are going on. Yeah. And he's kind of like, I feel like you're upset with me. Mm. Yeah. Because um, they probably feel like, like it, it's a provider kind of thing. Like he, yeah. he's feeling like he's letting you down as your husband. Like, yeah. even though it's not that at all, that's what they often, like what men often think when anything yeah. goes wrong. It's like, well, I wasn't able to provide this for you. Mm. Like, yeah. I'm less of a man. Yeah. And you're probably feeling the same way. Like this is one thing that women are supposed to do. hundred percent. And, and mm. um, yeah, it's kind of one of those things that it takes such a toll on everything. Um, you personally, but then also your relationship. Yeah, um, but it's so many of, relationships don't make it going through something like that. Yeah, you get stuck together. That's so amazing. And um, it just jolted me out of, you know, my rut that I was in. For I just mm. had some negative energy for a few weeks, and all that um, Chinese tea. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah I'll blame it on the cheese tea. <laughs> um, so then um, it was really interesting timing that these things happen. I think that sometimes just things happen for so much for a reason. Mm. And the next day I've come to work and I'm, like, you know, so so emotional and everything because mm. I've had this sort of argument with Rad and mm. feeling bad about mm. like, well, like I have been shit, <laughs> shit wise. <laughs> um, and um, we had our actual graduation ceremony for the school, like yeah. the primary school. And my boss is amazing. She always does this amazing end of year speech. And um, – because it's been 2020 and everyone's complaining about the pandemic. So, right. you know, not only were we dealing with infertility, we've had the lockdown. And, yeah. You know, everyone's going through stuff. It was a hard year. Um, and so she sort of said, you know, she read this book, The Happiest Man on Earth by um, Eddie Jaku. And she was like, you know, we've had a really tough year as a school and everyone's had a tough year, but we've really just been asked to stay at home. Mm. and he's a holocaust survivor who lost his entire family who's claiming to be so happy even though his mother and father and his whole family were killed Mm. and he had to survive puts it in perspective yeah Mm. and um his quote that just stuck with me and i was just like wow that is so true and in this like everyone else is probably a bit teary but yeah because this is one of his quotes which is here is what i learned so he's talking about what he's learned from the holocaust and like all his hardship happiness does not fall from the sky it's in your hands happiness comes from inside yourself and from the people you love and if you're healthy and happy you're a millionaire <laughs> oh, so nice. So crying. <laughs> yeah. And so that sort of just That's so beautiful. made me go, 
this is in my hands. Like mm. I, I need to do something about this. I can't just keep, you know, going, woe is me and mm. this is so shit and stuff. And actually. When you're like got this amazing husband and this yeah. amazing marriage and this beautiful house that yeah. you guys have together and like yeah. such a great and area bow. in the world. Yes. <laughs> and little bow. Yeah. And friends and family that absolutely adore you. Yeah. And a mum that's driving you back and forth. from these <laughs> Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah. So it kind of, yeah, jolted me out of it. And I was just like, I just, we just need to get started because obviously it's not working for us and we need to get some help and it's mm. actually okay to get help mm. and so um at the beginning so it was february march um we went and did our first round of iui so iui is sort of a step before ivf and mm-hmm. everyone's um treatment plan with going for fertility stuff is different because i was ovulating i didn't need to take like clomid some people get prescribed clomid um if they need to, because that, that will help them ovulate. But because like some people hormone? just don't ovulate at all. Yes. Or wow. like, or they won't ovulate every, regularly or things like that. So, wow. and IUI is the like turkey baster method. Yeah. Right? The yeah. turkey baster. Thing like called, a literal so. turkey baster. <laughs> <laughs> really? They get the turkey. Well, well, it's kind of like, um, so basically how it works is your tract um, using a blood test every couple of days, mm. every morning at the same time, or roughly, you get a blood test so that they can see when you're ovulating. And they also do every second one a scan, an internal scan, mm. which is so fun. Wow. Anyway, so they every can see, second appointment. Yeah, about like so an internal scan. Yeah, so wow. yeah, they're um, checking to see if your follicles um, developing and how many you've got. Mm. Obviously when you're not on IVF and you're not getting um, stimulated with hormones, you usually have one, maybe two Mm. on whatever side or whatever. And so, and sometimes some people would have none. So Mm. it just depends on everything. Um, So they track that. And then what they do is get you to take when, when they work out, okay, this is going to be around ovulation time, they get you to take a trigger shot, um, which is just like a simple medication that you have to inject into your stomach. And then the next day, I'm trying to remember exactly how it happens, but uh, mm-hmm. the next day you come in and you um, have like sort of like a pap smear situation where um, they put the semen up you with like a yeah close to you you and you two doing it together it has to be in a yeah well they need to make sure that it's like it's it's totally controlled uh, the sperm close to the egg as possible right okay um yeah so they also suggest then to you know have happy times as well (laughs) yeah around around that that time time Mm. as well is fine um whereas with ivf they kind of say don't oh Um, wow Really? Yeah, which, yeah, just so that it's, yeah, because it's more controlled and everything. Mm. You need to avoid triplets or something. <laughs> oh, like, of um, course. Something like that, yeah. So I don't know. But, yeah, so with IUI they do encourage that. So our first one was unsuccessful and I was kind of, yeah, bummed about that, thinking oh, it was going to work and everything. And then we did our second round the next the following month or cycle and um i actually got a positive pregnancy test with that one so that was super exciting and you get the call up like sort of a certain amount of time after 
they'll ring you and say, oh, your progesterone's increasing. That's really good sign, blah, blah, blah. And then they'll call you again and it's like whether you're pregnant or not. They give you a couple of calls. It's mm. yeah. um, So in the last one it didn't work. But then in the second one they were like, yeah, it's increasing. And then it got to a point where they are like, I was expecting the phone call to be like, no, you're not pregnant. And she said, oh, you're actually, you actually do have the um, pregnancy, like got the pregnancy hormone in you whatever so it was like kind of positive but Mm. she said but it's not quite high enough yet so we're gonna um at a level that we're happy with so we want you to um come back in again and we'll do another blood test to see how it's going because it was going up but it wasn't at their levels that they were happy with okay so anyway it was like a weekend after that I think I did a second one she was like yeah it's increased but we'll do another one on Monday and so over the weekend I was like I'm gonna take a pregnancy test like I think they're just being super careful yeah and I'm pregnant like this is so exciting Mm. so I did three pregnancy tests and they were all positive and I was like yes oh my god this is it and I was just so excited and told mum straight away like oh my gosh like so exciting and everything and mum was stoked um obviously and then but I was bleeding a little bit like I was having spotting um and I was like oh that's weird and then it sort of started to get heavier and then on the Monday I went to work and I was just talking to my class and in the middle of a lesson and I got really hot like all of a sudden really hot and I was like oh I think I'm gonna faint So, so I walk over to my supervisor's room and I'm like I'm really sorry but I think I'm gonna faint and I literally just drop onto the floor and um I was in a like I had period pain like it was like this feeling of okay this is really like a bit of pain and Mm. hot and everything anyway so she was amazing and helped me and everything and then I was so if you fainted in her room (laughs) she just leaves you there (laughs) yeah I gotta teach my class (laughs) and then um Anyway, so I went home and that I was still getting that call that day that whether I was pregnant or not, mm. like to confirm. Oh, right. And the bleeding had sort of started getting a little bit heavier, I think. And um, anyway, I got home and I was resting and the, the nurse calls me and says, oh, congratulations, you're pregnant, like your levels have come up. And I'm like, oh, that's amazing. I was like, but I'm a little bit worried because I just fainted today at work mm. and I'm worried like it could be maybe an ectopic pregnancy or something. And she was like, oh, no, like bleeding's fine and stuff. Like a lot of people do report that and blah, blah, blah. Anyway, I was like, oh, okay. And I just didn't feel right. And mm. then I rang back another day and said, oh, I still feel like this isn't right. Um, I'm worried about this, trying to be a bit more clear because I yeah. sometimes don't communicate. <laughs> I'm like, am I telling this properly? Yeah. Or um, if you get like you're, you're asking about it and then they're like, no, no, it should be fine. You're like, oh, okay, like maybe it will be fine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, then, and yeah. you don't tell all the details or something. Yeah. yeah, 100%. So then in the end the bleeding got heavy like a period and I rang them and they're like, okay, come in for a blood test. And basically that was awful because then I had to – I was having a very early miscarriage. Oh, wow. um, so basically I had to track – they had to track my blood down to zero because mm. I still had the pregnancy hormone in me. Okay. Um, so I couldn't – it meant that then it sets you back by a couple of months because you've got to like have a normal period again oh, before you can start the next right. round. And so the IVF doctor was really good. She rang me and I just felt very surreal that that it all happened. Um, 
and it sounds so like ridiculous, but when you've been trying for so long and everything, that like felt like a pregnancy. Like I still would say that that was, whereas some people might call it a chemical pregnancy or whatever, but it was, that was so real. And I still. And did it give you hope? Cause you were like, oh, this is like a step forward. Yeah, Yeah, definitely. Um, but it also then was like, oh, maybe there's something wrong with me particularly. Anyway, so then um, we did our third round of IUI because she said, um, my IVF doctor said, you know, you've got a good chance. Like we don't do more than three. Usually we recommend two, but because you fell pregnant with the second, you've got a good chance with the third. So she said, I recommend it before you go on to IVF. So we did the third, but it didn't work. Um, and so there wasn't even any false pregnancies there? No, that was just straight away didn't, no. didn't happen. So, um, yeah, that was hard again, but... Then I was like, okay, it's on to IVF now. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. and like a plan. And like yeah. A, yeah. And um, I think the hardest thing that people don't realise is, and maybe not everyone feels this way, but um, there is a lot of shame yeah. that you feel yeah. around IVF um, and IUI. Um, and, in fact, I just realised I remembered a big part of um, – something that happened when we first started trying with the IUI um, that we found out at the beginning of that year that my brother was expecting a baby with his wife, so my sister-in-law, and that was like such amazing news and I was so happy for them but I was so heartbroken for us. And it was so hard because, you know, you feel like you, you want to be happy for them but you're just got this like, extreme jealousy yeah and that would start- be so hard to come yeah. to terms with yeah especially after uh, about your like family that yeah. you love so much yeah and it just um that was something that then when I heard that podcast that really helped me that there's so many other people that have those feelings because mm. you literally are like I'm a terrible person <laughs> yeah because like, yeah, I can't be properly happy and they can't even celebrate yeah. something that they're so happy about in front of me because they're worried about how I'm going to feel yeah. and react and stuff. So that was just so awful. And then, yeah, you feel this sense of shame that you have to – you need help. Yeah, you need to go. And especially when your, no one in your family's ever had to do that. Yeah. Um, and I think probably as a woman as well, there's so much pressure on you to do the one thing, like to – to give birth, to reproduce the way that, like, the, the natural way. Yeah. To, yeah. People put so much pressure on that. And it's like, like I always said to you throughout the process, I think the thing that I honestly think about IVF is that it just, like, proves to your baby or it proves to you how desperately you want this child. Like, mm. you're doing everything for them. It didn't just accidentally happen, not that to take away from anyone that does have a child by accident, mm. but you went above and beyond and spent so much time and effort and money to mm. have this child and did everything. Yeah. So I think it's like just even more beautiful, if anything, yeah. you know. Yeah. Like, that meant I a don't... lot to me. And I guess I should probably say that one of the, you know, best things about our group was you guys were like an escape for me. 
So mm-hmm. because it sounds terrible, but because no one was having babies. Yeah. It was just like no one was talking we about drunk that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. We were like, oh, God, you don't want to fall pregnant. <laughs> yeah. Every, exactly. every month Another month. a celebration. Yeah, exactly. It's like, yes, we get to go out for more cocktails. Yeah. Do you want some more shots, Ellie? <laughs> Absolutely. But I knew that you were always going to listen if I needed to and there just wasn't a pressure. At, like I enjoyed going and seeing you guys but then with other events and things it started to become really hard like you know going to places where you're going to see people who you knew were going to ask about it or Mm. they were excited about you know my brother and his wife having Mm. their child and I just felt like I just don't want to cry in front of yeah, like, yeah. Because you can't help it. You're yeah. just so absorbed with totally. everything that's going on with you and you just can't. He's like, I just can't cry. You because don't want to talk about it. It comes about you yeah. and you don't want that. We know exactly how you feel because yeah. it was similar when we lost mum. Yeah. We didn't. Social events became. Yeah. Harder. We didn't actually want to talk about it. We wanted to have a bit of escape because we were thinking about it in our own life so much and for each other so much. So seeing you guys was such a nice escape and we yeah. wanted it to be that. Mm. And I know I'll, I'll say the same thing. I know exactly what you mean about feeling jealous and feeling resentment towards other people that have something that you don't like. Even for me. <laughs> I saw one through. of my girlfriends today walking with her dog and her mom and I was like, you fucking bitch. Yeah. yeah. I wish I could do like that. Like I was, I, I would um, be on, like it still happens now, but especially um, around the time that it first happened, you'd be on Instagram and you'd see a photo of someone with their mom like out celebrating something or going for drinks or whatever. And I'd feel like this deep sense. Yeah, so jealous and so sad and stuff. It's not, they're not doing anything, but you almost feel like, it's like an attack on you kind of yeah. thing. It's mm. a part of so, grief, Yeah, yeah, it? exactly. Yeah. So I completely understand. And it doesn't make you a bad person. I think that's just human nature. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, definitely. I think, yeah, it, um, it definitely teaches a lot about yourself and just being like self-reflective about mm. like, okay, it's actually okay to have these feelings. It doesn't actually mean you're really deep down feel that way like, yeah. or, that you're, or that it's not going to pass. Yeah. If that makes sense. Um. So, yeah, having those feelings of shame around um, IVF, it was quite liberating to just, like, start it and be like, you know what, this is our journey, this is what we've got to do. Um, And we were so lucky and I have so much respect for people who have to go down this path with IVF um, because I actually bumped into someone I used to work with when I was in the waiting room and and I just have so much respect that you have to do so much to get your baby and, mm. and the people who have been through it and how they respond to you when they know that you're going through it. Mm. It's like this little community. Yeah. Mm. And it's like, but anyone who's been through like a deep grief, mm. as you know, mm. there's just another level to connection yeah, with people. Yeah, understanding, yeah. And they just know and know what to say. And it's a bit of comfort as well. Like, yeah, it's just They've experienced it themselves. Yeah, you don't feel so alone. Yes, definitely. So um, we were really lucky and um, I guess that I want to say that I know that there will be people who would try rounds and rounds of IVF and they're not successful and it must just be so heartbreaking. And so I kind of feel like my story, even though when I was in it, it was so hard and and I think because of other factors as well, but – those people who have to do rounds and rounds and then don't get the result that they want mm. must just be shattering. Yeah. Um, and so we were really fortunate to do one round of IVF and um, basically that's with all the stimulating hormones. So you've got to take injections twice a day into your stomach. 
Can you um, do those in, wow. at your own home though? Yeah, you just, yeah. yeah they so give you intense. everything and they teach you how to do it. And it's kind of funny because when I first started doing the injections, I was just like, it would make the worst <laughs> nurse. For the IUI ones, I would have to, you had to like take the cap off and <laughs> you started putting it to your mouth. This tastes <laughs> like fireworks. What's going on here? I'm injecting yeah. it into my eye. <laughs> I literally would pull the cap off because I was like, I think I was just because I was so nervous or something yeah. and like freaking out. I would pull it off and it would literally pull off and then my finger would jab into it and I'm like oh, bleeding finger. God. And this one time I rang the nurse, there was like an emergency or not an emergency or like a late night line because you had to do it at certain times. <laughs> I had to ring her one time because I was like, I couldn't get the medication out properly. This is with <laughs> IUI. You had to like sift it. It was bizarre. Anyway, a lot harder. The IVF. La- laboratory at your yeah, house. Yeah. <laughs> IVF was much easier with the injections. a bit more, I think you're paying more so they make sure your needles yeah. are easier. Um, Luxury experience. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So with the IUI, I rang this nurse in like the middle of the night. I'm like, I'm sorry. Um, I think I've stuffed it up. And she's yeah. like, oh no, what have you done? <laughs> like, she's like a mom. I'm so yeah. cute. <laughs> she's like talking all the time yeah. as well. Yeah. <laughs> so there were moments like that. But um, yeah, you have to do the injections daily and then you still are getting tracked with your internal ultrasound and blood tests to see when you've got enough follicles because what they're trying to do is you take one injection to stimulate follicles and get as many little follicles which eventually become mature eggs oh okay trying to get as many of the follicles yeah yeah Yeah, it's so amazing what you learn on every set of like little circles in there um You've got to try and get as many of those. They want as many as those as possible. And then you're taking another injection on the same day that stops you from releasing those eggs because usually you would release the egg for the sperm to meet the egg. But they're stopping it because they want to time it to do an egg collection, like at a farm. So, so they basically milk me like a cow. <laughs> so you ever doing that at Omar's house, going and get the, getting the eggs? Little <laughs> it's a little different to that. Yeah. <laughs> so eventually, yeah, you get to a point where they're like, yep, you've got quite a lot of follicles. We're going to um, do your egg collection on a certain date. So um, it would be a day or two after. Mm. And you have to go under general anesthetic and I highly recommend going under general anesthetic for half an hour. <laughs> it's amazing. I love that. It was New so I was like having a great joke with the anaesthetist being like, that was amazing. Thank you so much. I was like, you can see why Michael Jackson got addicted to <laughs> Got oh into trouble God. or something. I, I was like, that's so true. Um, yeah, so that was just like a nice sleep. But basically what they do is they use like this needle and tube to extract all the Mm. follicles and that when you wake up on the hand it's so sweet they write how many you got oh i've heard about yeah and so i woke up to 17 which is so amazing so i was really happy with that and just super excited and then they call you each day, pretty much, the scientists now, because they're going to look after oh your my eggs God. and everything. This is all so extensive and yeah, amazing. It's yeah, it's so interesting. So um, the next day the scientist calls and says, so you started with 17 eggs, but um, 14 of those were actually mature enough to be fertilised. That's still pretty good, so isn't it? 14 yeah. is good, right? So then what that means is those 14 could have sperm meet them mm. um in the them little, little, pe- little yeah <laughs> little, little pe- uh, petri dish um and so then the scientist said that 13 of those actually took so like 
Wow. One, wow. one wasn't successful. And then each day she would call and eventually on day five, ten made it to day five and they were perfect little em- like blastocysts or something they call them, wow. um, oh embryos. So, yeah, so that was amazing. and Such um, a relief for you, I imagine. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, it was really – felt really happy and excited. But then you've still do got to do – Do they put all ten inside you? <laughs> You would have. I would be Octomom. <laughs> I wasn't sure Death if maybe. Mom. Death <laughs> I wasn't no. sure if maybe they did in case they didn't like, stick they inside. Put, yeah, because uh, also two, and that's where you've got high risk of um, twins. twins. Right. Um, well, so one of our best friends is a twin from IVF. <clears throat> yes. Yeah. So they would have done and that. I think they did do that because of the success back then as well. It was a bit more common to do too. I think now they try and avoid it mm. just because of risks and things. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so if, if obviously it wasn't taking, then eventually they'll try two and things mm. like that. Mm. Um, so, But my um, IVF doctor was like, no, we'll start with one. Um, so then you have your transfer day, which is when, um, they take one of the little embryos and it's literally, I was like, how big are they? Cause they're, obviously you get to see yeah. the little embryo yeah. and it's on a screen. It's, you know, it looks big, like a five <laughs> like cent the size coin of a baby. Yeah. But it's literally, she got a pen and dot and she was like, it's not even that big. Like oh, it's wow. so small. And isn't that incredible that that is a baby? That's Seriously. how a baby starts. Is mind Mind blowing. blowing. So then after that transfer day, so that's just Sorry basically. Sorry to cut you off. Yeah. What do they do with the other ones? Do they keep them? On yeah. Farm? So we've got nine frozen oh my um, god so it could make a basketball team right? yeah <laughs> <laughs> do it um yeah so and that does cost you money mm. um to keep them frozen but we'll keep them until yeah we're finished having our family yeah um your team but yeah my team. <laughs> and after they do the transfer day so that's kind of like a pap smear situation where you're awake and it's not painful or anything but just like the uncomfortableness yeah. of a pap smear and they just um kind of put it into like your fallopian tube or it drops down it was fallopian tube or uterus sorry <laughs> this is a science lesson for your floats <laughs> into your uterus and it hopefully attaches to the uterine lining and everything and that's how a baby is made via ivf oh, science um, with over drinks <laughs> don't quote me on this <laughs> And then your fallopian tube drops down. And then that's where you get started. It's all wrong. Um, (laughs) So then um, after that, you have to wait, I think it's about 10 days or something after, you have to have a blood test to see if you're pregnant. Mm. And then um, so we got the positive, yep, you're Mm. pregnant, which is amazing and so good. Um, And then you have to wait um, to week seven or something around then to have your first scan and that was just... Oh my god, I can imagine. Incredible. Another internal scan, but it's just like um to see that little heartbeat yeah. and you could hear the heartbeat and I was just like crying and oh so happy it's just been I feel like, like I'm gonna god. cry again. So, <laughs> so it's been so and after such beautiful. a journey yeah. and like such a hard time in your lives to then like hear the little heartbeat. Yeah. I'm picturing it now. It was all worth it. It was so good. Yeah, obviously after that scan, that was just the best feeling and being able to call like all the family. Mm. I think I told our group not long after, told the family as well. And I was just like, you guys have been on this journey with me. Like, Mm. oh my God got the positive and like seen the heartbeat. I remember Lauren told me in the kitchen and I 
burst into tears. Yeah. I was like, that was the most emotional I think I've ever been. I was more emotional than <laughs> But I was like, oh my God, I think we're jumping and holding yeah, hands. I was so, so excited because there was a particular reason you were. I had to find out something. Yeah. And then you were like trying not to tell me. I was like, why are you being so weird about this? And you're like, I can't tell you. And I was yeah. like, but it was like the night before you ended up yeah. telling everyone. Yeah, yeah. I think. And then she oh, told me. Right, and I, so like, I told everyone over. Zoom. Zoom, you did the yeah, yeah. We had the Zoom thing for your birthday, I think. Yes, and we that's worded right. it like, "What did Rad get you?" That's right. And you yeah. held up Gosh, the, the scan. And so we're like, got baby brain. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was such an iconic moment. And then like, you're like, "Oh, and he, he got me this." And yeah, held up the scan. And of it, the baby. I was watching everyone's faces, and everyone was kind of like. And then everyone reacted <laughs> different times because they were like, "What is she holding up?" Yeah, I don't get so it. Beautiful. So random. <laughs> Yeah, so that was just the best moment. And then then I had another scan at 10 weeks because, you know, each time it's like you can still have a miscarriage and everything. Yeah. Um, You're not really safe until after 12 weeks. Um, So, but then you had a 10-week scan or 12-week. Oh, gosh, I cannot remember. Sorry, everyone. Mm. (laughs) Um, But basically a scan around then and um, that was just so emotional. It was like seeing like the baby look like a little bean. Yeah. It's got little legs and head. Like because the first one, it's just like a little dot that's like beating heart. Mm. And then it's like each time growing and, oh, it's just the most beautiful thing. Yeah, that was our story um, that sort of – it's just yeah, so beautiful so and even just like I felt like I obviously to no extent that you did but I felt like I went through that with you just like yeah looking at your face and seeing your emotions change yeah. through each like chapter of how you experienced it and at the end you're like literally glowing yeah, yeah no I, I was gonna say she's literally glowing right yeah. now yeah she's oh, so it just makes me so happy so up. yeah yeah and I so remember happy. like at the time as well as it was happening everyone just was so rooting for you just yeah. like we wanted it so much for you and it would even be like hard like I even know when um Jade fell pregnant with her third child Mm. And you hadn't, I didn't, you hadn't fallen with I your first. I think we first, purposely yeah. kept that so, yeah, quiet, quiet for a while. For a while yeah. yeah, and I was just kind of like, oh, like as much as I was so happy for Jade, I was just like, oh, I just want this for Ellie so badly yeah. as well, you know. But then it's so nice now because you and Jade are going to be like so close I to know. each other. Like, oh, baby newborn, yes. And so you're having. All the, what you know. are you having? Tell the audience. <laughs> a little girl. Yeah. A little yeah. mini Ellie. And it just felt like. Oh, I just knew it was going to be a girl. Like, yeah. so it has to be a girl. It doesn't make sense if it's a boy. I don't know why. It's weird. But obviously, but then I thought, oh, no, it'll be a boy because I think it's a girl. <laughs> so, yeah. I was so excited yeah. when we got to yours that morning because she did a um, gender reveal and we all had to guess what the baby was going to be. And you get there and she's got it all pink and she's wearing a pink dress. Yeah. So, so exciting. exciting. That was so fun. I feel like, especially for you, I don't know if Fred feels the same. I think he does now. But going through all of that and then you just like – for a girl, you always want like your little girl, yeah. daughter, your little daughter. Yeah, so yeah. he's so <laughs> icing he's on the so cake, so the pink so icing on the cake. Yeah, yes, that's it. And he's so he's just so wrapped that it's a girl. So yeah, like, right, he's gonna be such a good dad of a oh, girl. I cannot just wait. be such a good dad in general. He's, he's so beautiful. He's gonna be all over the shop. Yeah. <laughs> you guys are gonna be amazing. Going to be the most doting, loving father. Yeah. Seriously, <laughs> but he's gonna yeah get used to some changes. Yeah. <laughs> he's a very routine man. So mm, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, it'll be funny to see how he goes. Like oh not God. being able to watch the TV shows he likes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> can't wait. He'll have to get the baby into the same shows that he watches. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's his plan. Yeah. <laughs> 
That's so funny. Well, that's just such a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful story. And it has such a happy ending. I know. And it can have a happy ending for so many people out there who are going through a similar thing. And I just think as well, like you said, you were really struggling and then you heard someone talking about their journey on a podcast and being really open about it. Mm. So many people aren't open about it. And so it's like, oh, you don't realize that other people are having the same struggles as you Mm, or even if they are trying and not falling yet. And then they might project to other people that they're not struggling with it and that they're okay. Mm, And then you're like comparing yourself to that. So it's so nice for you. Like we appreciate it so much. You coming on here and telling your story, because even if you just help one person out there that's listening, it could be like the Ellie that was listening to that podcast that you listened to. And it makes huge difference and gives them a little bit of hope. So yeah, for sure. Appreciate it so much. It's such a beautiful thing for you to do. Cheers for that. So beautiful. So after your IVF journey, what was your biggest lesson you've learned about yourself or just in general? Yeah. Um, Definitely that I wouldn't actually change any of it. Oh, my yeah. God, I love that. It's amazing. And I actually think that I wouldn't change any of – oh, get teary again. I'm pregnant, so I'm allowed to. <laughs> <laughs> um, I wouldn't actually change any of the hard times in my life oh. um, because this is so deep. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but um, I think they actually just make you who you are so much more than the highlights are amazing and so worth it in the end. But they're not as sweet – yeah. without those hard times yeah and um I just saw so much beauty like as much as people would say you know the wrong thing like you'd have people go oh you know you have to have sex right to get pregnant and you'd be like oh, oh my god, god. I'm gonna kill you <laughs> <laughs> I've got a launch across the table right now <laughs> but they're, and they're just making a joke but they they don't mean to upset mm. you and they just mm. don't know and I've made those same mistakes and everything and you just sort of learn to be you know, more gentle with people mm. and less critical. More empathetic. Uh, yeah, the empathy that you feel for people um, in those situations, you just finally get it. And um, I just think um, the other thing that was amazing was that, you know, like, I was pre- at one point I was pretty bitter and broken and, like, yeah. especially when, like, my brother and his wife um, told us they were expecting I was so... Yeah, so bitter and I just didn't feel myself – like I felt like this horrible person. It was mm. I hated myself mm. for like those few weeks of how I was feeling and I couldn't help it. Um, but my family and Rad still like loved me for me, yeah. like mm. even at, like, seriously at my worst. Like, mm, yeah. And I was like, how can people love me? I don't even love me. Like, <laughs> you know, like because I wasn't myself. Yeah. And it was like all those hormones and all that like frustration and all that jealousy that was just coming out. But that all passes in the end and it's mm. not you. Yeah. Um, you're that person going, like, why do I feel this way? Yeah. yeah. Not wanting to feel that way. Mm. You know? That's such a good point. And catching yourself on it. Yeah, and trying not to judge yourself too harshly. Yeah. So I definitely wouldn't change it. And I, I think that um, I wouldn't wish infertility on anyone. But I actually think that um, the lesson that you learn, I would wish on everyone because – yeah. seeing that um like our relationship my relationship with rad is so much stronger like i yeah. have this deep knowing that he will stay with me through sickness and health yeah because of what we've been yeah. through like it was if we don't have a family like we had the conversation of like if it's just us is that enough yeah and he was like absolutely <laughs> and, <laughs> and like when you 
are feeling the way you're feeling and you're just like and that's actually still a good option yeah it's for it to just be you two yeah and to not think that you're less because you don't have a family yeah. or a, a child sorry that is your of your own even yeah. like you yeah. know there's so many options out there but um i would wish that people felt that deep knowing mm. that they're partner will stick by them yeah that is like such a beautiful beautiful. thing to feel um so that's my biggest lesson i love that that's amazing i'm getting all teary of you (laughs) sorry oh my god we're 17 drinks down (laughs) (laughs) the tequila bottles on the table (laughs) um so that's so beautiful if we um a way to to wrap it up what advice or tips would you give to anyone that's going through a similar thing, like they're struggling with their fertility? Um, definitely. There is so much advice out there and I'm going to say things that help me, um, but I think take the advice with a grain of salt because everyone needs something different, needs mm. to hear something different and what yeah. works for them. But um, I guess the first piece of advice is that don't forget that it started with you too. So um for infertility takes like an emotional and one of my friends actually gave me this advice who was had been through IVF and everything and she said that you know Ellie you need to take the time for you and Rad and really like make sure and I still made the mistake of getting in that negative headspace even knowing what she'd told me but I think it did help a lot is um, the infertility, like it does, it takes an emotional, physical, financial toll on your relationship Mm. and you're going to feel frustrated. You're going to, you know, really be down. But you need to remember that, especially with men, um, and that they internalise a lot of things and he's feeling the same way. Yeah. Um, And you need to take time for yourself to go on dates, Mm. you know, get dressed up for him. Like Mm. she was like, oh, you're getting dressed up, you know, just for yourself, like going out with your girlfriends. You need to do that for him. Take him on a date and everything. Still um, focus on the relationship. Don't lose that. Yeah, Yeah. like watch a funny movie together. Yeah. You know, all those things. Make it light where you can. Yeah. I think that starting with you two is so important and Mm. just don't keep thinking ahead as much as you can and it's hard but um if you can try and remember to do it i think it helps yeah um and then my second one is then setting up and it's like a bit cliche at the moment with everything that's so true is just setting up some self-care in your day yeah week that you look forward to and don't put pressure on it to be about like, oh, if I do this, it's going to help me for pregnant mm. or anything like that. So, Just about making yourself feel good. Yeah. Mm. So I did one thing. It was so simple after someone sort of suggested it and I was like, oh, that's such a good idea. And I just loved it. Every morning I'd wake up and have a warm lemon water. Oh, and it would yeah. just make me like feel fresh. And Don't you feel so like hashtag health when yeah. you do that? <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. And um, I really like focused on my skincare routine and I just loved those moments of just pampering myself mm. and it wasn't expensive, but I suggest, you know, go and get a massage, go and do those things for you because mm. you might not even realize, but you're extra stressed. You're, mm. you know, you need to love yourself and you're going to have moments where you hate yourself or mm. you, you hate your body or, you know, you're resentful and you deserve to nourish yourself and give yourself that love back because, mm deep down that's not really you it's just what's happening Mm. yeah totally um so that's my second one 
And then my last one is that um, you need to do what feels right for you and your partner because you're going to get, you know, advice and you just need to take on the bits that feel right for you. Mm. Everyone grieves differently as well. So, like, for me, I needed different things from different people. I hated it when people said, oh, I'm going to, you know, sprinkle some baby dust on you and all those, like, hopeful, Mm, cliche, like, lighthearted things that I would hold on to and then they wouldn't happen. Mm. But other people love that. So, like, you just don't know what you need and you will need something maybe different from one person to another and that's because I've sort of said the word grief even though you haven't lost anything, you're like losing the idea or like the idea of your family isn't happening. And so you are grieving in a way, like you're still having all those same emotions. Completely, yeah. So yeah, like I just think do what feels right for you and you will know and people will say what they want to say and you take what you want and don't take what you don't want. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, they're my tips. But (laughs) as I said, don't listen to any of them. (laughs) (laughs) If they don't feel right for you, you don't need to. I love you so much. (laughs) Actually, you're just, just the best. You did <laughs> such a good job as well. Like yeah. everything you spoke about, and that would have been so hard talking about it. I but know, you did really well. and it made our job really easy as well because we had like a list of questions yeah. and stuff, but we didn't end up having to like prompt you. You just like yeah. took us on a journey, and we were so I was like right there with you. So well, good. Well, I hope yeah. Don't fact check me on the side. I'm not a doctor. Yeah. Oh, but other than that, all the things about me, it's factual. Gonna <laughs> <laughs> come after her. Yeah. She's a con artist. <laughs> she never even did IVF. <laughs> yeah, that's not right. I also have baby brain. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, think. thank you so much for coming on the podcast. We absolutely adore you. Yay. And cheers. Thank you for cheers. having me. It's so much fun. Love cheers. you, Ellie. Wait, Bye. May. May 3rd. Woo-hoo, bring it on. <laughs> <laughs>